so you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get those Z's. And if you need to sleep, we'd rather you did it at home in your warm, comfortable bed than doing it in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later right here on the Sunday Morning Sleep-In Podcast. You're still going to miss out on things that we think are pretty important. You're going to miss out on intergenerational community and inspiring music and the charming children at children's time. And we won't be able to give you what was today, I think, healthy snacks after the service. I believe there were celery. No way. uh, And cookies. But we'll give you what we can. I'm Susan Foster. And I'm Chris Marshall. And we're United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or perfect preachers. But we're your average pastor, helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast, so if you're away from home, or working, or coaching your kids' underwater basket weaving team, or maybe just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon we gave on Sunday. So whatever day it is when you're listening to this, we hope that you will enjoy it, and that you will receive it with an open mind and an open heart. And a quick note, we don't really care if you agree with everything we say or not. In fact, we encourage you to question, to disagree, to figure out what you think. Uh, Not because we don't care what you think, but because we don't all have to think alike. Our sincere hope is that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God moving in your life as you consider this. So, Chris, so Susan, I preached this Sunday on Matthew 5, 38 to 48. Oh my gosh, I preached this Sunday on Matthew 5, 38 to 48. Oh, lectionary preachers. Okay, I'm Um, very excited about this. So, this is part of the Sermon on the Mount as we continue to go through the Sermon on the Mount, Uh where Jesus talks about loving your enemies. Yes. And talks about how to get revenge, sort of. Yeah. Jesus is pretty... Uh, yeah. He's kind of sneaky on Pretty this. sneaky about this. So these are passages that we've heard before and we probably have some pretty significant history with, right? Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely. And they're also passages that I, I reminded my folks that sometimes they've been used in inappropriate ways. Absolutely. So we'll get to that. One of us will, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I did start out with a little funny joke this morning, which I don't normally do. Is it the tomato joke? No, it's not the tomato joke. Tell the tomato joke. So the tomato joke is, why was the tomato red? I don't know, Susan. Why was the tomato red? Because it saw the salad dressing. Oh. So I text really bad jokes to Chris all the time. And they're amazing. Anyway, but no, my, just my story joke was this guy was going on a business trip and he told his like nine-year-old son that he wanted him to sort of take care of his mom while he was gone and do the things that I do while around the house. Man of the house, yada, the, yada. The man of the house, right? And so the guy goes on his on his business trip and he comes back and he asks his wife, so did our son help out, help you out around the house? And the wife goes, well, he did this really strange thing. After breakfast, he, he poured himself a cup of coffee and picked up the newspaper and went and sat in the living room for half an hour. Oh. <laughs> so it's like the whole, like, what are we observing? Yeah, what are we doing? What does what it mean to be the man of the house? Well, look at dad. What does right. dad do? What does yeah. dad do, right? 
really I told it much more in the, like the whole like humorous way of like what are we following yeah because my main metaphor for this passage is t- to help us sort of get into it was to talk about um, how I think that this passage and, and the Sermon on the Mount in general is sort of Jesus laying out how he's going to play follow the leader okay you know that childhood game that we all played you know absolutely we, you all line up behind somebody and then you have to do everything they do and I actually even see the little kids in our preschool do it on the playground. They still do? They play oh, yeah. follow we the leader? They st- still play follow the leader. Do they the play leader. steal the bacon? I have no idea. Do they play red light, green light? Yes. Do they play laser tag? Uh, which, Just which kidding. Is- <laughs> I was like, what? It requires equipment. That requires equipment, so no. But they do seem to be playing follow the leader. So, uh, so that's my metaphor for what Jesus is doing in this passage is that Jesus is talking to his disciples and... It's pretty early in ministry. It's not like the disciples have been following him for a year. The Sermon on the Mount just sort of comes like, especially in Matthew, just comes like right after like they, they all went, okay, we'll go. And so Jesus is sort of laying out his plan of how he understands you are a disciple. Because basically the simplest definition I can come up with for what it means to be a disciple is follow the leader. Yeah. It's, it's apprenticeship. But, but follow, follow the, the leader, leader is way more fun. And it's that simple and, of course, way more challenging than that. (laughs) I'm still thinking about kids playing in the playground. Do they play Duck, Duck, Goose? Yeah, they play that. Actually, they play that inside. Do they play Foursquare? Or, like, the games, like, Sock Out or, like, the ones where you hit the ball back and forth? No, because we don't really have, like, a big area area for that. that. Do they play Up Dog? I don't even know what Up Dog is, Chris. What's Up Dog? (laughs) (laughs) What are you talking about? (laughs) What's Up Dog? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you're bad chris you're bad it's sunday night okay yeah it's why do we night. do this on a sunday night because we um, want to sleep in tomorrow okay? yeah a little bit yeah yeah and it's very base what jesus is saying is you're gonna come play follow the leader with me let's figure out what that's gonna look like let me give you some warning about what that's gonna look like so he has this part of the sermon on the mount and it's the it's the challenging one right like because jesus is challenging what justice looks like jesus is challenging what justice looks like because he understands that following god is going to lead a, lead into different directions right well justice at the time was like you getting what you deserve right and right. jesus is flipping the script on that and really being about what do you need what does everybody need mm-hmm. rather than what do you deserve right and I was struck as I thought about it this week about how not much has changed. <laughs> yeah, really. Right? Really? I mean, I think um, Jesus starts out with the whole eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. And we really, at our base level, think that way still. Yeah. And, um, and in fact, might even be more punitive than that. Um, yeah, I think it would probably depend on the person in a lot of ways. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. But I told you that I had just not focused in on this. Like I'd seen it all these years, the eye for an eye and a tooth for two thing. That that whole equal response was a way of keeping things from escalating. So it wasn't like you killed my son, I can kill you all your kids. Right. Right. It's a it's an equal thing. It keeps a lid on it. Right. It keeps a lid on the the cycle of vengeance. Right. The Hatfield um, and the McCoys. Hatfield and the McCoys. And Jesus basically says, even that situation is not good enough for God. Right. The language I, I read in this was like, Jesus is offering instead a creative, healing, restorative justice that reveals the nature of God. Mm. And the nature of God is love. Yes. And so how do we do that? And Jesus like Jesus sort of rattles it off and then gives like these three snapshots. Yeah, like the examples of it. Right. And so... Creative responses. Creative responses, because right? We tend to think that there's two responses we can have. We can become victims or we can attack. 
Right. And Jesus is sort of going, eh, there might be there might be a third there way. Might, there might be some other ways, right? Yeah. Like so here's the situation. So you know, and, and what I love about all three of these situations is that they are so bound to his the culture of his time. They're so contextual, yeah. Right? Because you have to do so much explaining <laughs> to our current culture. Well, we can start with the easy one. Right. The sloppy one. The soldier one. The, the soldier easy one. Well, it's an easy one. My joke was today was so when was the last time anyone made you run a mile? So you had two jokes in your sermon? Well, I Susan. usually have more than one joke. I mean, I usually have like quips in my sermon because okay. this is... Saint, you're, you're quippy. St. Paul's is... They, they like my jokes. Yeah. Oh, they're, they, they're kind of, you know, they, they get them. Okay. So um, the soldier thing, yeah. Who made you run a mile? When was the last time somebody made you run a mile? And like everybody is like looking at me like totally blank. High school? I was like, I, I think it was high school gym class, right? Like yeah. I might have volunteered to do it in college, but... Ooh no! Well, that was that was that was my crazy crew experience. But anyway, <laughs> I'll use that for a sermon illustration sometime, right? So I said, like, so what is this about? And nobody in the room, like, the room was like, mm, I don't know, right? Yeah, because because we don't have this whole like Roman occupiers conscription thing. thing. You can publicly humiliate people by making them carry your stuff for you for a mile, but no, no farther, farther than a mile, right? And then Jesus says, "So go to." That's the punchline. Yeah, exactly. How do you resist? You don't do it their way. (laughs) And you get them in a way that might get them in trouble. Yeah, exactly. Well, you refuse to be humiliated by the experience. And you instead make them a little bit worried. Because if you carried the pack even a step more than one mile, you could get them in trouble with their captain. Yeah, exactly. And so shifting the power dynamics, not allowing them to tell you that you're dirt. And then Jesus, I mean, Jesus has done that in the example about slapping the face. Yeah. Like, like the idea that you can't hit somebody on the right cheek unless you sort of backhand them in a world where everybody is right-handed yeah <laughs> yep <laughs> um and so to do that is to backhand somebody is sort of to say you're you're less than you're not you're not even worth a full punch yeah exactly you're 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 a kid you're a slave you're a woman right that's what it infers but if you've already hit them the other way then you're saying, I'm a slave, I'm a woman, I'm a child, and you wouldn't want to do that. Right. You know, the idea that you turn the other cheek is sort of demanding... Respect. Respect. It's ma- You're making it impossible for them to hit you again without insulting themselves. It's pretty powerful stuff, right? It is. And then the suing one, you know, is this whole image of if somebody's suing you and it's out of whack. The assumption is, is that you're, if you're in court and the only thing you have left is a shirt off your back, perhaps there's something broken here in the system. Absolutely. So give them your cloak as well, which would have also been your evening blanket. Right. But, you know, stand naked. Stand naked and shame them like they're the ones who made you naked. Sort of point out what the powerful and privileged are doing. We said last week that Susan and I... We don't condone shame, but Jesus does a little bit. Jesus does a little bit. <laughs> he's, yeah. in, he's in a shame culture. So he's just speaking the language of his right. culture. Right. You know, yeah. And, and I actually, you know, I thought about this and I think that this might not be as a powerful way to resist now right. as it was then. Right. Yeah. Like, I think that's one of the things that fascinates me about these examples is that none of them translate. None of them translate. But the concept translates. Absolutely. Yeah. Finding a creative way to claim your worth and not allow somebody else right. to treat you badly. That's right. still a thing. And this is a perfect example of a text that, that moves into political transformation. This is the kinds of passage that the leaders in the apartheid movement looked at. Yeah. Um, Gandhi. Gandhi looked at, yeah, understood that they MLK. were understood in Central, Central America. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that they do this not just to protect themselves, but to fix mm-hmm. society. This is 
is really about working for something different right. for everyone. For everyone. And so, so, so that's like sort of the first half of this passage that we read, yes. right? And then it's hooked up with this passage about loving your enemies. Mm-hmm. I'm glad they kept these two together, unlike some of the other weird divisions we've had in this chapter. Right. That we have those together because I think that if you stayed in the one, you might miss the point. Yeah. If you stayed in the stayed in the resistive place without understanding that perhaps you and I are not fully human until both of us are fully human. Right. And that's what loving your enemy is about. Mm-hmm. It's about saying, I'm a beloved child of God and you're a beloved child of God. And we may not like each other's actions and we might not like each other's opinions. But I have to love the fact that God loves you. Or I have to love the fact that... We're on the planet together. <laughs> yeah. MLK said loving your enemies really means not destroying them when you have the opportunity. Ooh, what a so crazy idea. So it doesn't idea. mean you have to like them. Right. It means you have to choose to live with them. There has to be some ethics there, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I pull this back to my idea of the follow the leader game, right? Our leader, God, has... Maybe you've heard of him. Maybe you've heard of him. <laughs> or her. Or her. The follow the leader, we're following God in a way that doesn't plot revenge. Yes. And in a way that wins God's kind of victory. It has, you have to have the full picture. Yeah. Right? You can't just stop with how I'm going to stick it to them. It's about how am I bringing this injustice to light going to change all of us? Yes. And that's part of loving your enemy. You know, we kind of get stuck in the chosen thing. We're God's chosen people. Yeah. Well. And that means everybody else is not chosen. And actually. Nobody else is getting it right except us. Right. But that's actually not what Jesus is saying. Right. Jesus is saying everyone is God's favorite yeah. or no one is God's favorite. I mean, which is the same thing. I actually have the bumper sticker, though. I haven't put it on my car that says God loves you, but I'm his favorite. Right. But you know that but th- there's a reason you haven't actually put that on your car. Yeah, because everybody is right? God's right. favorite. And Jesus has just done that whole salt and light and leavening thing. Uh-huh. Right. Like that's connected to this because because yeah. that's the way we lead to that God's victory. It's not saying that I've got it. And you can't, mm-hmm. but that that because I understand it, I am moving in this direction. But the best part about this passage is that for me, it really illustrates the good news. Mm-hmm. Because Jesus has laid out this plan about how he's going forward. When we look at the rest, the rest of, the story, of the story, there we see that God, that Jesus goes and lives this way. He does it. So we're talking about these resistive stories. And then we think about some of our favorite stories in the Bible, like Zacchaeus, tax collector, hated. He was a little guy. A little he guy climbs up the tree, right? So we can see. And Jesus says, hey, you, yeah. Zacchaeus, get down. You got to go prepare a place for me, which is totally counter to everything that anyone expected him to do. Jesus said, who is the most hated person there? Let's go let do me, that. Let me go have lunch with him. Or the woman at the well where he has this whole interaction with this woman and does not what she expects and not what everybody else expects, but what is needed for that situation. Right. And breaks a whole lot, a lot of, of rules. rules to do it. Yeah. Talking to a woman. Oh, what? What? And then uh, the other one that popped into my mind this morning is the woman caught in adultery. Oh. Which is a perfect example of restorative justice. Yeah. Or at least... John 8. At least, or at least a different view of how to handle the situation. Right. Not to shame. Not to shame. And also, you know, it's not an eye for an eye. It's not an eye for an eye. Yeah, you committed adultery. So no, I will commit adultery. Right. No, but it, it's, but he doesn't want to judge her for that. But he doesn't say that what she's doing is okay either. Right. But he does say, let's look at ourselves. Let's fix the logs. Okay, right. Let's fix the logs in our own eyes. eyes. And then also go and don't do that again. Choose something else. Choose something else. Yeah. 
But which is a different way. Yeah. Right. Which is not the expected way. And, you know, and, and there's all the other examples in his life of being mocked and not returning that. that well, he same was way. a little snarky. He can be snarky, but he doesn't come back at the same way he should. And right. the, the challenge, you know, when he's challenged. I always like that. Yeah. He answers questions with questions. Actually, questions with questions or with quizzical stories. If you call answer parables. my question, then I'll answer your, your question. question. Oh, you can't answer my question without condemning yourself. Oh, that's too it's bad. Too bad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's some of what we're talking about here is how do you do... He's about Spiritual to... Spiritual trash talk. <laughs> well, he's entering into this ministry that's going to cause people who think they have power or people who think they have the answer to get a little upset. To afflict the comfortable to and afflict comfort the, the afflicted. afflicted. And that just changes what's in front of him. So yeah. anyway, so I thought, you know, Jesus is playing follow the leader. I just have this really great picture in my head of Jesus playing follow the leader with the kids in your preschool oh yeah like jesus being in the front of the line and walking like a chicken (laughs) yes it would be great and i mean sometimes that's how it feels right yeah a little bit yeah maybe maybe the next time i glance out there that's what i'll see you'll see jesus playing follow the leader maybe uh i think that would be pretty great and you're gonna take a picture and send it to me oh of course we'll post it on the facebook Facebook page page. for all of you guys if that happens if when when okay I'll have to watch more carefully now. All right. Well, good preach, preacher. Thank you. Thanks, Susan. And thank you for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep-In podcast. If you have questions for us or stories that relate to the topics we've been discussing today, you can shoot us an email at sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com. Or you can find us on Facebook, on SoundCloud, on iTunes, on Google Play Music. The scripture is Matthew chapter 5, 38 to 48. You can find it on Bible Gateway if you don't have a Bible in front of you, BibleGateway.com. Look it up in any version you choose, even some versions that are not in English. And good luck with that. The music that you're hearing right now is Take Me Higher by Jazzer. So at the end of every worship service is the benediction, and at the end of every Sunday morning sleep-in, there's a benediction. And my benediction is simple. Go play Follow the Leader. See how that works out this week. Mm-hmm. Go. Amen. Mm-hmm.